0: My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. This is the only channel dedicated to UFC fight picks, DraftKings lineups, and fantasy plays run by professional fighters and MMA insiders. Today, we are going to walk through the entire UFC Vegas 34 card. We are going to give you our picks. We're going to give you our fantasy plays, our monkey knife fight lines, our DraftKings breakdowns, and our bets. So let's just jump right into it. First up at UFC Vegas 34, we have Ramiz Brahimaj versus Sasha Politnikov. Brahim, Ra- Brahe- this is not a great start, guys. Ramiz Brahimaj is 8 and 3 overall, and he's been alternating wins and losses in his last five with two wins and three losses. Sasha Politnikov, 6 and 3 overall, and he is 3 and 2 in his last five. If you remember, Ramiz is the guy who almost lost his ear in the Max Griffin. Well, fight. I
1: think he actually kind of did lose his it was It
0: was hanging on by a thread. And it was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in a fight. Um, so it was awful. And what makes it even more not gross but ridiculous is he's a good grappler. And he <sighs> didn't grapple in that fight. And his ear almost came off of his head. He paid the price, and hopefully he learns his lesson in this fight. So as I mentioned, Rami's a very good grappler. He is a world champion black belt. He has uh, very good power in his hands. He sets up his takedowns well. Uh, The issue is he doesn't grapple when he's supposed to, and the Max Griffin fight is a perfect example of that. Um, 100% of his wins, all of his wins, are by submission. Sasha Polikinkov is a very aggressive brawler. He does have wrestling if he needs it. Uh, He's very tough. He can be pretty technical. So he's a brawler, like a technical brawler, if you will. So he stays on his lines and does what he's supposed to do. But he does get a little uh, erratic and likes to stay in the pocket there. Um, He is very hittable. But he is pretty pretty well-rounded. Rounded. Oh, my God. What is up with what my What is mouth? going
1: on? Can we start over? Or what's Dude, going this on? This is
0: insane. You're not even drinking tonight. You shouldn't No, drink. it's water. That's the problem. Water. I'm um, It's water. It's Did it's you say that again? He's very well-rounded, and he has good cardio. That's the breakdown of these two I'm going to stop before I bite my own tongue off.
1: Stop while you're still behind. Jacob, what are your thoughts here? <laughs> Uh, listen, I think you mentioned that Sasha's like a, a brawler because that dude will stand and bang and he is tough. He was almost finished in his UFC debut and came back and won that fight. He will stand and bang. But like you said, he is hittable. He does not move his head off the center line that well. And, uh, although Ramiz, uh, Ramiz, how'd you, what was the pronunciation you went with? Ramiz, Ramiz, um, although he is a grappler, he's got a really really good jab I mean he knocked uh, Max Griffin who's an extremely good striker off his feet with this jab so and, and you mix that with the uh, the non-head mover from Sasha I think that's a recipe for disaster on the feet for Sasha and then if it goes to the ground I think Ramiz uh, can dominate as well so you know I, I like Ramiz in this matchup a, a, a lot even on the if it stays standing or if it goes to the ground so he, he's in my lineup and I'd like him uh, to win this fight
0: yeah I, uh, I like Ramiz to win this fight as well um and bet wise I like the under on rounds uh you can get some plus money there but Danny boy what are your thoughts
2: yeah I kind of agree I, I agree with everything you guys said for the most part I mean you know um uh, Ramiz was pretty hyped going in that last fight and he lost to Max Griffin like you said his ear was basically knocked off the side of his head but Max Griffin's good dude he's he's a tough opponent um and I think Rameez struggled to get the takedowns, which changed the outcome of that fight. Um, I don't think he's gonna struggle. This is a different fight. You know what I mean? Uh, Politnikov is gonna brawl, which is gonna open him up for takedowns, um, which I think is where Rameez is gonna shine. I think he's gonna get the takedowns that he wants. Um, I think he's gonna dominate on the ground. I will say Politnikov is probably, you know, live. uh, I think Rameez should be a heavier favorite, to be honest. But I will say Politnikov is live just because he's one of those guys where, you know, if he gets in trouble, he'll bite down on his mouthpiece and just say, screw it, let's go. So he's always live to catch somebody in something. But, yeah, I like uh, I like Ramiz in this fight. I think he's going to get a bunch of takedowns, uh, dominate on the ground. And I think, like you said, Jacob, even if they do strike, like Ramiz can hang there as well um, and even win there. So um, I like him uh, really from from all angles in this fight.
1: Yeah, because he, did, he didn't look bad against Mac, Max Griffin. And Max Griffin is one of the best strikers like in the UFC total, not even in the division. He's a very good striker. So, uh, yeah, I love him. He's in this matchup.
0: Yeah, and, and he's, honestly, I don't have him in my DraftKings lineup, but but um, we'll see how the rest of the week goes. We've already had yeah, I bet like, you will now. drops. Well, we've already had like three drops on this card. It's a mess. But um, $8,500, I think that's a good price because I think he's – pretty live for a finish there at 8,500 monkey knife fight. I like the less, less I think Ramiz is going to use his wrestling and then may get, or as grappling and then may get Sasha out of there early Uh, or at the very least uh, to Dan's point, if Sasha wants to brawl crazy, I think that just plays in the Ramiz's hands. Um, So I think they'll stay under that strike line. What do you think? One of you. <laughs>
2: Wait, what was the question? Come again? Uh, I think it's definitely under for Politnikov. and yeah, I would say under. I would say less, less. I like less, less because it allows for the finish. It allows for wrestling, and the only thing you gotta worry about is if Ramiz doesn't get the takedowns. And it's a three round war, which I don't know. I don't, I don't see why he would do that.
0: Well, he did that in his last fight and he literally lost an ear over it. So maybe oh, he's see, he, couldn't the, he couldn't get the takedowns and
1: <laughs> lost an ear over it. It's <laughs> a weird laugh.
0: Uh, either way, the bet that I like on this fight is the under on rounds. It's plus money at weonpicks.com slash play. slash MKF. Next up at UFC Vegas 34, we have Roosevelt Roberts. Versus Ignacio Bajamandez. Roberts is 10 and 2 overall. He is 2, 2, and 1 in his last five. Ignacio Bajamandez is 1-4 overall, 3-2 in his last five. Roosevelt Roberts is very talented. He's a pretty highly touted guy. Uh, he did lose stock recently with a couple of He lost to Jim Miller. There is no harm in that. Jim Miller's an all-time great. He's going to do what he does to some people. But he also lost to Kroom. and that's a rough loss, man. We saw Kroom go out there against Alex Caceres, and, I mean, that was – that's a rough loss, (laughs) especially after Technically a no
1: contest. Technically a no contest.
0: I mean, watching – and it was because Kroom smoked some weed, right? And he got knocked out. Either way, it should be a double know. loss
2: when you lose to somebody who got, who tests positive for weed. It's like
0: it's not even yeah. performance,
2: right? <laughs> I, I don't know, any you know, I don't know, unless you're like Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz, where you're like smoking on the weight of the ring of the cage. Um, yeah, I don't know that that's uh, any sort of performance
0: enhancement. Well, either way, it you know, what has me worried is that loss to Kroom, man. I mean, Kroom is not good like just not good. So anyway, Roosevelt Roberts is talented. He's very long. He has really fast hands. He has good movement. He uses his jab. Well, uh, he sets up solid leg kicks and he has good offensive submissions. The problem is, and Jacob and I talked about this in our live stream last week, uh, not about Roosevelt, but other people, he will jump guard for a guillotine. And it is so stupid when people do that and he will do it. And I think he's had some success with it, which all that does is encourage the bad behavior. Uh, Ignacio Bahama- Uh he's very big for the division. He has a surprising amount of volume considering his size. Um, he has really good footwork, head movement, um, and that protects him from power shots. He does shoot takedowns, and he does pretty well with them. So honestly, I think this is a closer fight than the odds say. Um, Roosevelt Roberts, I, man, he has me so nervous because of that that Kroon loss, and I, I don't want to base everything off of one loss. But uh, that does have me nervous. So before I give my pick, Danny Boy, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, Yeah, this is one of those things where, like, Roosevelt Roberts, like you said, lots of talent, you know, was a big prospect coming in. The Jim Miller loss, no big deal. Jim Miller's, you know, a true vet. But to me, he feels like one of those guys that's so skilled but just doesn't have a sense of urgency. Like, he's like – it's almost like because he's so talented, he has that kind of, like – shrug everything off type attitude like you you land a punch on him and he's like I'm good that didn't hurt me you know like
1: like Kevin Holland what's that like Kevin Holland a
2: a little bit yeah like he's got that swag but it's almost like all right dude there's some fights where you can't do that and you gotta just you know you you gotta go you know bite down your mouthpiece and and brawl out a close one um so I think he relies on his like superior athleticism and talent um and as you know in fighting Sometimes that doesn't get you the win. So um, I, I do think, though, in this one, uh, I think Bahaman is, is definitely live. Um, you know, he might actually be the overall better striker. Um, you know, I wouldn't say he's the overall better athlete, but, um, you know, I, I think he's live. You know, Angela, you said it all. He's You know, he's a well-rounded guy. He's got decent takedowns if he needs them. He's actually going to be bigger than I think he's taller than Roosevelt Roberts. It's close, but I'm pretty sure he's taller. Um, So that's not an advantage. Roberts is going to have. Um, I'm not going to touch this one from betting or DraftKings just because there's too much uncertainty, but I have a feeling Roberts knows his back is against the wall. Like he must be embarrassed after that last loss. Like he's lost two in a row. The guy does have a ton of talent. Hopefully somebody in his training camp, you know, woke him up a little bit and said, dude, Stop playing around out there. You got to go out there and fight. Um, and if he does that, I think he's got all the skills to be really, really good. So uh, he's my pick, but I'm not confident until I see him go out there and put on a, uh, a compelling performance.
0: I, I agree with with uh, all of that. We're pretty much aligned on that. And I have, uh, I have a spreadsheet here, all my notes, whatever, and a check next to my pick. The check is next to Roosevelt Roberts, but I don't love it. And, and literally, I based that pick off of just raw talent. I think he is the more talented guy. Whether he puts that together or not is a whole different situation. And that's basically the same breakdown for the main event, but we'll do that later. Jacob, wow. what are your thoughts here?
1: Spoiler alert for the main event. Yeah, you can just leave oh, now. No.
0: That's the main pick. For the the Spoiler
1: alert. I'm glad that uh, Dan mentioned the heights because these guys have got to be the two of the tallest guys in the lightweight division. I think they're both six one, if not 16162, which is so tall. Um, the issue is Roberts does not use his length at all, and Bahama Mama does with his kicks, with his strikes. Roosevelt, that's that's the reason why Kevin Kroon won that fight. He was able to just step into the pocket with no distance control by Roberts at all and just cracked him with the left hand. It was, I mean, easy piece of cake, pizza pie um i would like to see robert you did mention too he he chases submissions that's the first thing i noticed and that's what got him in trouble with jim miller he was chasing submissions on his back he couldn't get off his back jim miller just controlled him that entire fight um so i actually like um bahama mama in this fight he's pretty green on the ground so if this goes to the ground i i I feel like he's going to be in some trouble but i just don't see it going to the ground i think he's able to use that length uh, against roberts with his front kicks with his kicks with his punches um and i think he just is a, i think it's a pretty boring fight but i think he wins off points in a in a, in a boring decision
0: it's funny you say it's boring but uh i actually like the more and more on monkey knife fight because i do think it it will probably go the distance i think if roosevelt roberts gets it to the ground uh there'll be some trouble there but other than that, i do think it'll end up being a i mean is that your phone not on well, silent I mean, right now? Oh,
1: oh yeah. my gosh. <sighs> Unprofessional. Movie
0: theater rules, Dan. Anyway, a FaceTime coming in. I think um Dana? I I I think uh I'm not going to bet on this fight. I don't love it for DraftKings. I think it's super close. The DraftKings prices are really wide as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I uh, I
1: picked Bahama Mama, but he's not my lineup.
0: Yeah, and and you keep uh, calling him Bahama
2: Mama. Is that actually his nickname, or you just keep saying that?
0: He's just What's saying that? it's Jacob, dude. You have to ask these questions anyway. I like the more, more a uh, monkey knife fight. I do think it'll go three rounds or at least close to it. Uh, and I think there'll be a good amount of striking. Baham, I was gonna, you keep saying, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I
2: ain't gonna go, I'm gonna call him Bahama Mama now, too. Yeah, I think that's just
0: Mondes, uh, has <laughs> decent volume, and Roosevelt Roberts. If, uh, you know, if he wants to mix it up, he'll do some, some solid volume as well. So I like the more and more monkey knife fight. What do you like there, Danny? Uh,
2: Yeah, more and more. Uh, I mean, unless there's a sub or something, I think they're going to both trade a good amount. And, yeah, I think more and more. 70's a little high for. It is uh, a little high, Tom, but, he, but
0: he does have volume, though.
2: I think it'll go three rounds, and they'll both get a bunch of strikes in. So I'll go more and more.
1: Jakey? I'd be worried about this one because I'm worried about Roosevelt really working on his grappling and just instead of being a striker, just really focusing on the grappling. And if he gets uh, Bahama Mama on the ground, I don't think he's gonna be able to get back up, and he could be in trouble. So, I could. These young guys that are talented.
2: That I mean, he last fought uh, about a year ago, I think. You got to figure they're improving in between fights, so that's always an X factor.
1: Yeah, and and if you just got to punch it. Yeah, if you just got knocked out to your last fight, but you know you can, you're can, you pretty good in jujitsu. why not just, you know, if you take it to the ground, you can uh-huh. get knocked out. So,
0: uh, Learning going. takedowns is that easy. That's why Ryan Hall picked it up so quickly. I mean, <laughs> out of, out that's, of that's a bad example. I don't know if he
2: ever tried. I think he just rolled into the, uh, whatever that thing's called. Real
0: disrespect. Can we leave All him right. alone? Next up at UFC Vegas 34, we have Connecticut's own William Knight versus fabio charant william knight nine and two overall three and two in his last five coming off of that loss where he was just out wrestled like crazy uh fabio charant seven and two overall three and two in his last five as well and he is coming off of that submission loss to um oh my god what was alonzo Menafield? alonzo Menafield, he just fought last week um this is a th- this is actually an interesting fight and William Knight is a massive favorite here. I totally understand why. I
1: thought you were going to say a massive human being. I was already like, oh, yes, he is.
0: Yeah, yeah. settle down. Settle down. So William Knight, huge, huge favorite. And I totally understand why. It's a little worrisome, but um, he has incredible power. He's incredibly explosive. He does have good takedowns. And then when he's on top, he is on top. Lots and lots of power. Uh, He works well against the cage. Cage. And he has deceivingly good, deceivingly good cardio when he can dictate where the fight goes. So, you know, Nick Newell, who does our show and, you know, he's just been stupid busy lately. He's broken down William Knight in the past and trained with William Knight and talks about how his cardio is so amazing. And then last fight, William Gass. The difference is in his last fight, he didn't get to dictate the pace. He didn't get to dictate where it went. He was just wrestled. So I do think in this fight, William being able to wrestle or, you know, dictate where it goes, will he'll be able to show that cardio that that he has had in other fights. Fabio Charant has really good power in his left hand. He's deceivingly athletic. He doesn't look like an athletic guy, but he does move well. He is very athletic. He has good submissions, even though uh, he didn't get to showcase that in his sh- short notice loss. Um But he also needs to dictate where that fight goes because, or sorry, he can't dictate where the fight goes because he has no wrestling. He has decent jujitsu, but he can't make it go to the ground. He has to hope he gets taken down and then work from there. Um, So in this fight, really the path is William Knight by knockout or TKO on top. Fabio Chiron probably not going to catch William Knight with that big left hook maybe gets taken down, works himself into some sort of sweep and pull something off. But William Knight is absolutely the pick. What I do like here bet-wise is they set the line, um, the round line at one and a half. I love the over on that. I absolutely love the over on that. I do not think that this will be over in under one and a half rounds. But William Knight is absolutely going to win this fight. He is in my DraftKings lineup. There may be some Connecticut bias in there, but um, you know, I, I do think William Knight gets this done. Jacob, since you're looking at the screen, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think William Knight definitely probably should win this fight, but he better be very careful about just trying to use his athleticism in this fight because he's gonna be the more athletic guy, and you see him a lot, even when he's like on his back for takedowns, a lot of it is just athletic raw strength because he is just an animal and that usually works but against fabio and if you if you do a little bit of research on fabio his camp for this fight which has been delayed a couple times he's at sanford uh mma now so he's with a, a great great camp he's i think he's honestly a more well-rounded fighter than william because i think william is more about athleticism more than technique at times so i think technical wise i think fabio is the better fighter i still think william should win this fight because You know, he has athletic ability, but he better be careful. And there's I I wouldn't pay night. I technically wouldn't pay 9,400. I didn't, he's not my lineup. He should win, but I would be very careful with Fabio because um, he's a lot better than people think.
0: He's definitely better than people think. And, you know, listen, we're both Connecticut guys that may be playing into why I put in my DraftKings lineup because $9,400 is a lot. Uh, And Fabio Chiron, if you look at his last fight, they even looked awful, but he took that fight on like four or five days notice. And that it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't really
1: awful. He he jumped on like a guillotine or something that was halfway tight against Alonzo. And then Alonzo went down. He just got caught with that Von Flute troke or whatever, where, I mean, those always sneak up on people. It doesn't seem like anyone's really ready for that. So, um, he definitely well, tried to get everybody's, the-
0: everybody's calling for you to make Fabio your lock of the week because we know how that goes. Danny boy. What that means thoughts? everyone's
2: betting on Knight, and they want to make sure they're going to win. Yeah, we're
1: um,
2: ready, yeah. yeah I mean, listen, I, I went through the tape, and I was I was going to go with Knight, you know, really based on cardio aggression and his ability to get to the ground. You know, I wouldn't say he has great wrestling, but he's strong enough and explosive enough to, to figure out ways to get on the ground. He looks to be, you know, good in scrambles, good on top, you know, obviously an explosive guy with ground and pound. Um and I was leaning that way. And then I listened to an interview of Sharon you know, it, well, let's rewind. So the tape on Sharon he looks like he's got a ton of skills, good striker, uh, similar to the, uh, the other fight we were talking about. He just doesn't look like he has a sense of urgency. Like he doesn't look like he has, you know, much takedown defense. He kind of sits back and he's willing to just fight from a distance. He never looks like he's got that, you know, uh, aggressive nature to go in for the kill um so that's why i was like man you know Knight's gonna be all over him get him to the ground i think he's gonna have a problem and probably get finished on the ground then i was just uh listening to one of his interviews and as jacob said he's now training down at sanford and i don't know just the demeanor of his attitude in the video it it seemed like the, i don't know do you watch the same interview jacob
1: yeah i watched say the same thing because he yeah. talked he was talking about uh, where he was, he was looking for a camp before he went to Sanford. But he was, he made a point to say, "I was still working hard, even though I wasn't in camp. I was still working my ass off."
2: Yeah, he made it seem he he implied that there's some sort of bad blood there, and he's motivated. I don't know. I, I could have just been reading between the lines, but it felt like there was some sort of you know personal issue or whatever it is. But he seemed motivated. He didn't want to mess around. The guys asked him, "Like, oh, normally you're joking around. You're not even, you know?" He's like, "Yep, it's, this camp is differently." Base, basically, is what he was saying. Um, and when he's down there with with legit training partners every day, some of the best in the world, uh, I mean, it looks like he's got all the skills, the talent, the build, you know, the athleticism. We could see a different fighter this time around. So, um, from what I understood when he was in Connecticut, he kind of bounced around from camp to camp, which it's hard to do that at this level. So, he's gonna have a full camp at a good training camp down here, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he surprised some people. So, um, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm making him my pick. Not very confident, but uh, I think the value is on his side. What's he at now? Uh, Plus 184. Okay, yeah. I think there's some value on that. But tread lightly. I wouldn't be surprised if he got taken down in the first two minutes and and smashed.
0: Um, It's funny because this is almost like a heavyweight fight, meaning anybody can knock each other out, right? You get that feel with the heavyweight fights where even if it's a really evenly matched fight, somebody could put somebody away at any moment. It kind of feels like that. I do think William Knight's going to win. Um, but you guys, you know, we knew how good Fabio was when he fought Alonzo Menafield We broke down that fight. Go back and watch it. We were all pretty high on Fabio. We didn't say he was going to win, but we were pretty high on him and his skills. And we're saying, just relax. He's not. This isn't the lock that everybody thinks it is. But that was short notice. This is not. I think it's closer than the odds. I think it's closer than DraftKings, and my Connecticut bias is probably showing through, but I do like William to win this fight. I do think his offensive wrestling, you'll be able to take him down. I don't think he'll get submitted on top, and I think he'll just lay out heavy bombs on top and put Fabio Charrant away, but Fabio is a talented dude. So, the so stands this is, for MMA this is, one is- one, not, not
2: to not to extend it, but, like, it's funny because I, I, I saw it that way too, and then I'm like, his offensive wrestling is not really – and and this is no knock on him it's not really you know technical wrestling like he's kind of gotten guys down yeah 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 yeah. but i mean it's like let's put it this way if sharon is at a training camp with high caliber wrestlers shooting in on him for eight weeks it's not going to be easy strength or not for william knight to get a clean takedown um and if he does it where it's all muscle i know he's got good cardio but man that is not an efficient way to fight a fight so I don't know we'll see i uh I, I think uh i think this one should be more of a pick em just based off of both their skill sets
1: and i can i'm gonna make a prediction too that based off of william knight's instagram when they take the new pictures for this fight card he's gonna look even better than this picture is shown right here
0: okay. Okay. wow well, he does need to
2: fight with a sense of urgency though i don't care where he trains if he fights with that passive whatever you know backup movement type thing he's gonna get taken down and smashed
0: the last thing I'll say here is the, uh, the monkey knife fight line is I have no idea. I do think that this fight goes over one and a half rounds. I placed that bet. We slash bets. I'm very confident in the over one and a half rounds. Um, Not well as confident as you can be when you have two dudes with this much power. Uh, the monkey knife fight line is hard, man. It's I could see under, under or more more. I can see it either way. That's a really hard line. I think I'm going to wait till it moves before I play that line.
2: Yeah, less, less. I don't know. Just thinking someone's going to get taken out early. But, yeah, it's a tough line. I wouldn't touch that one.
0: Yeah. Next up at UFC Vegas 34, we have Bea or Bay. I'm not 100% sure. Bea Malecki versus Josaine Nunez. Bea Malecki is only 2-0. And you'd be saying, how is she in the UFC? And she's only 2-0. Well, she's a world Muay Thai champion. So that helps. Two and zero undefeated. Uh, she does have an amateur loss though. Josiane Nunez seven and one overall, five and zero in her last five. Bea Malecki is very tall. She's very long. She is a Muay Thai champion. She has incredible knees, kicks, everything that a Muay Thai champion would have, including actual power. She, her build doesn't look like she has power, but she does have power. Um, she's not the fastest striker in the world but she does have really, really good volume. I normally don't care about reach advantages. You guys know me. I usually give people a hard time when they're just looking at tapology and and, base and picks off of height and reach. But this one is meaningful. It's like an eight, nine inch reach advantage or something crazy like that. And somebody who's as good of a striker as she is, that will matter. Uh, Josiane Nunes has crazy power. She throws everything with intent. Very, very hard. She's not a very good grappler, which is a problem here. Uh, But her striking is good, and she's busy. Um, She has much more experience in MMA, and she definitely has more power if we're comparing that between the two. Uh, She likes to rush in, throw hard. Her path to victory here would be to come in heavy, throw bombs, and shoot takedowns. I just don't know how capable she is of getting this to the ground. This is a dangerous fight for her standing up. Jakey boy, what are your thoughts?
1: I did learn that Maleki is a mechanical engineer. That's a fun fact. Um, with that said, Nunes is going to come in, get in the pocket, and probably TKO her. Uh, I, I like Nunes's fight because I uh, just mentioned it in the in the chat. Bay doesn't really use her length. She's got the length, but if you don't use the length, the length means nothing. And even if she could use the length. I don't think Nunes really cares. I think she would just literally walk through the strikes, get to where she wants to be, and then do what she does, and that's just throw wild, wild shots until you fall to the ground. Um, so I actually like Nunes in his fight. Not confident enough to put her in my lineup, so it's not lock of the week situation, but I, I like her in the fight just to make this dirty, uh, make it her fight, and I-, I like the power that she has behind her punches.
0: Yeah, I, I have uh, my little checkbox next to Nunes as well. Oh, Mostly- yeah, you did. Yep mostly the experience. I mean, eight professional MMA fights versus two. At the end of the day, I get it. They're both strikers, but an MMA fight is an MMA fight. It is different. It feels different. The cage is different than a ring. Um, And I just think that, that level of experience, and she has to know, she has to know how good of a striker Bea is and will grapple. I'm hoping she'll grapple because if she just trades, unless, like you said, she gets in the pocket and throws heavy, uh, that could be a it could be a long night for her if she's just trading strike for strike. Danny boy, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, for, I think Baya Maleki's four now, isn't she? She's two zero in, in the UFC. I she's two
0: zero everywhere. Those those other things you're seeing are amateur fights.
2: Yeah. Well, she uh, she lists her amateur fights as pros, like I did to get meals on the Ultimate Fighter. Now, listen, I think normally in these fights, you know, women's fights that are close, I would usually take kind of the more aggressive, more experienced underdog just for the the plus money odds. Um, But, you know, when I look at the size difference of these two, I think that's going to be a factor. Um, I also think that Maleki has such a good kickboxing base that she can really focus on improving other areas in between fights. So her last fight was march of 2020 so a year and a half so you gotta imagine when someone decides to make the transition from professional kickboxing muay thai to mma that their main focus in training is going to be all right maintain where i have skills and get a lot better everywhere else so i think we might see a different fighter you know it's a year and a half she's uh, i think she's pretty young what old is she 29 years old so um you know that combined with the size and i hear you guys on uh, uh, nunez coming forward being aggressive you know cl- uh, closing the distance and just landing bombs i just i just have a feeling i was leaning that way in the beginning i just have a feeling maleki is going to show hey i'm better at kickboxing than you i'm also bigger than you oh and by the way i've also been training everywhere else and i i have decent ground that's improving so um, i've got maleki here um Based on those things, so I'm not playing her in in DraftKings or anything like that, but I do think she will win this fight.
0: Yeah, I don't have her in DraftKings. Uh, I don't have either one in DraftKings. I like uh, Nunez here because of the just the level of experience she does have. Her own power. Hopefully, she's working some grappling. As you mentioned, you're always really high on these young up and comers uh, with how quickly they advance and progress their careers. So. Um, Either way, uh, I do like the less-less on Monkey Knife Fights. I totally understand where that line came from. They are both strikers. This, I mean, it's a good chance it goes the distance. At the same time, they're going to go at it. Nunes has power. Maleki has technique. I'm going to hit that less-less. And if you guys are watching this now, Monkey Knife Fight, they move their lines. If you like this less-less, literally hit it now while watching us live because these lines move I had two weeks ago at UFC 265. You guys loved the lines. You waited too long to hit them, and they were gone by the next day. So if you like a live a line while you're watching this, weonpix.com slash MKF. Hit it up right then and there before it moves. Do you guys agree with me with the less-less?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Just <laughs> chewing on ice oh like a God. private woman. <clears throat> Oh my, it was
2: like a spit bubble when you just talked. Who
0: knows what he has in his mouth? We I don't ask those questions. Next up at UFC Vegas thirty four, we have Brian Kelleher versus Domingo Palarte. Brian Kelleher twenty two and twelve overall, three and two in his last five. Domingo Palarte eight and two overall, three two and one in his last five. This is an interesting fight. This is a really, really interesting fight. I, you know, Brian Kelleher has experience for days. He's one of those names that comes up with almost every breakdown that we do. Him and Brendan Allen for some reason, because they fought everybody. They're super tough. Brian Kelleher specifically, obviously, he has a ton of experience. He's very, very fun to watch. He's always looking for a finish, and he is back down at bantam weight for this fight. He experimented up a little bit. Got bullied. He's back down at bantamweight. He should be back into his element with the power uh, and the strength that he needs there. Um, and at bantamweight, he is very strong. He has decent power, and he's a very good wrestler. He struggled a bit when he went up in weight because he couldn't do the bullying. Back down at bantamweight, he should be able to do that. Domingo Palarte is very tall and long with really good footwork. He likes to fight at the outside of range. He does have issues with wrestlers. That's not going to fare well here. Uh, he has good enough submissions from his back, but Kelleher should be able to avoid those and rack up some control points. Domingo is the better striker for sure. And he needs to stick and move if he wants to win his fight. That is his path to victory here. If he stays in one place for too long, he will be taken down. If you can't tell by the tone of my voice, Brian Kelleher is my pick. I do have him in my DraftKings lineup. Pilarte struggles with wrestlers. Kelleher's going to wrestle. It's just that simple for me. Jacob, you're shaking your head. You know I don't reward bad behavior. Danny boy, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that this – I don't want to say the line is too wide because I think Kelleher is the better fighter. I think he's got, you know, tougher experience. He's been in there banging with guys. Um, But, man, Domingo Pilarte is is very good as well. He's got some solid wins. They're just looking that, you know, he beat Adrian Yanez. He beat Vince Morales. You know, and then he, you know, he's got a couple, uh, couple in a couple, a couple losses in a row. But, um, I guess the last one was a no contest. So, you know, he's good. He's talented. I, you know, I, I think he's got a ton of skills. He's got, you know, a rangy athletic fighter. He's got, some, you know, got some skills everywhere a little bit. I just think Keller is going to be a little bit too much and he's just too, too game of a fighter, you know? Um, I like that he dropped back down to uh, lightweight. Banthamweight, I'm sorry. Um, And I think he's got ways to win the fight everywhere. He's got power in his hands. He's got sneaky subs. I think he's got underrated wrestling. So um, overall, I like him just about everywhere. Um, So I'm going to take him. I just wish the line was a little bit closer, and I'd probably make a bet on it. Uh, minus 176 feels uh, feels a little bit – feels a little expensive. But I think I will take him in draft – well, 9000 bucks. I don't know. I'm on the fence about draft him. It's a lot.
0: I did it, but it is a lot. Yeah.
2: Because Pilar, – I'll tell you right now, from what a draft perspective, if you're doing multi-entry, 7200 bucks for Polarte is probably a pretty good value because he is not a bad – you know, he is a good fighter. Um, I just think Keller is going to be a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we're pretty aligned. I'm, I'm a little more on uh, Kelleher than you are. I just think he is that much better everywhere for the most part, uh, except raw striking. But when you have the wrestling ability and just the grit, Brian Kelleher will fight hard the entire time, which is why, as you were talking, I hit the more and more on the Monkey Knife fight line because what happens is we film this, and I don't get to play the lines, and then it moves, and then I'm stuck. So I play that now because... Like yeah, that's
2: a good – more and more is definitely the play here. Figuring most guys – figure this is not going to get finished early and these guys are going to bang a little bit.
0: Yeah, and he's going to move this line for sure. So hit this now, We weonpix.com slash mkf. Jacob, now that you've collected yourself, what are your thoughts here?
1: I agree on the more and more. I think that's a, I think that's an easy play. And I like Brian Kelleher in, in this fight as well. I agree with you guys. I think the 9,000 is a little bit more aggressive than I'd like. Um, but he's in my DraftKing lineup. Domingo is is tall, but here's how he here's how Domingo wins the fight. He needs to control the center of the octagon. If he controls the pace and controls the length and keeps Kelleher at bay, he can win this fight. But I've seen too many times in his fight when he gets crowded and he turns from the hammer to the nail, his back is up against the ca- the, the, the cage and he doesn't really move very well. And that's Brian Kelleher's world. I, I can also see moments where if that starts happening late second third round he he jumps and tries to maybe get a a takedown and then Brian Kelleher gets his patented guillotine um so i like Brian Kelleher in this matchup just to be able to control uh pressure domingo i think domingo's going to back up to the cage and that's the worst thing he can do if there, if somehow he is able to control the pace control the center octagon he can definitely win i just don't see it happening that's why i like Brian Kelleher in this fight and uh, that's why he's in my lineup as well
0: so why were you shaking your head when when because when i was upset
1: was... that we had the same person because i don't want the oh same my
0: people oh god as you. Yeah, Keller is looking at Keller's record right now. His lo-
2: his last two losses were to Ricky Simone, extremely tough fight, and Cody Stamen, extremely tough fight. Yeah. And he beat yeah. a bunch of good guys. So, yeah, Keller, I think, is the side.
0: Yep, I completely agree. I The problem is I don't have a bet. I was trying to find a bet for this, but he's too big of a favorite. I You know, maybe What's you bet a the distance.
1: Bet? What's a submission bet for him? Because I bet that's probably – plus three or plus
0: 400 yeah you know me i hate those that's a that's a you and dan thing i like straightforward maybe i'll do the over on rounds but um yeah we picks.com slash bets find something and play like i'll it. find a good prop bet jake
2: don't you worry
0: next up at ufc vegas 34 we have luis saldana versus austin lingo luis saldana 15 and 6 he is 5 and 0 oh in his last 5. Austin Lingo 8 and 1 overall he is 4 and 1 in his last 5. This should be a really really fun fight. Luis Aldana very versatile striking both offensively and defensively which is awesome to see cuz he can move forward and he can move back and he will still land those strikes. Uh he likes to fight on the outside when he can but his ability to move out of the way and strike is what's amazing. Somebody comes at him, he steps out to the side, bang. Who are you talking about? Luis Saldana. Oh my God. You're done. I don't even know why you're still in the show, honestly. He has issues with wrestlers, but he should do well here. Uh, He's now training with Henry Cejudo. So that may fix his wrestling issues, or at least close some of those gaps. Austin Lingo is light on his feet. He does have power. He has nice speed. He uses his jab well. He is a good striker who can knock people out. He mixes in elbows and has just solid striking variety overall. Luis Saldana is my pick. He's in my DraftKings lineup. I like him at this price, but this is a a close fight. But I do like him at $8,300. Essentially, they're both very good strikers, but I think Luis Saldana's ability to back up and strike, move out of the way and strike, will be the difference here. It's basically the footwork, the head movement, I don't reward bad behavior, Danny boy. What are your thoughts?
2: He keeps talking. He keeps saying reward bad behavior like he's talking to a four-year-old. I, that, is, that, is this your first show with
0: Jacob on it as well?
2: Oh, you were talking to ja- Well, first you were talking about a UFC fighter. I am saying
0: I don't reward bad behavior, meaning Jacob's acting like an idiot on camera. So I go to you instead of him.
2: Oh, I mean, I understand what the saying is. But you said oh. about like four people in 20 minutes. Like... It's, this is going to be the new. uh It's tricky. What was one of your other ones? Uh, feast or famine. famine. The guys, yeah. got nothing. Tricky. Feast or famine. I don't reward bad behavior.
0: Sorry, I'm just trying to come up. Guys, you got nothing. <laughs> That'd be just, such a stupid one. <laughs> we should just, every
2: fight. Like, listen, his takedown defense is not improving, and I just don't reward bad behavior. So I'm going to go.
0: <laughs> um, wow dan just got an im first his phone, <laughs> first his phone went off. then he got an aol chat bloop, bloop. Oh, on. you guys
2: don't use aol 3.0 anymore
0: this is unbelievable just i told you i right got right a hard stop hey, do, we,
1: do we have homework and math class due tomorrow
2: international business calls jacob you uh, you wouldn't know about it um anyways where were we yeah i like saldana i think uh it's funny. I did not. Uh, I'm. I'm doing. Still doing research on uh, uh, throughout the week. But the fact that he moved to Cejudo's camp that is a big factor. Um, if he did his full camp there, um, I really like that because he's got a ton of skills, and I think he'll only get better at that camp. Um, so for 8,300 bucks in a close fight, I like Saldana in this one. I, I think it's going to be a good fight. I think uh, Lingo's. I think it's going to be competitive. Lingo's got good boxing. Um, they both have a ton of skills, so um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go either way. But for 8,300 bucks, Soldana with the camp move now, minus 134. I might make a bet on this as well. For what you just sold line money line minus
0: 134. And I think I'm gonna put him in my Draft Kings at 8,300 bucks. Uh, he's in my Draft Kings, and I'm actually doing Monkey Knife Fight as you talked to. I like the more and more here. I think they're gonna go at it. Uh, I think they're tough. I think they get past that. I mean, the elusiveness of Saldana might be an issue, but Jake, what are your thoughts on the fight and the monkey night fight line? <clears throat> oh my god.
1: Austin Lingo will be a top ten guy in this division in three years' time. There's no out in my mind. I've never seen a more tentacle striker with power in my life. That guy knocks people out without looping shots. Those are nice ones and twos. A little check left, a little check right. His hands are coming right back to his face. Well, Saldana is just sloppy to me. You say he's got good movement. To me, he looks a little sloppy. He looks a little too cool for school. I love Lingo in this matchup. There was one uh, combo he threw with like a left, right. It was like, no, it was a double jab right with a left uh, check hook behind it that just blew my mind. I think that was like in a third round of a fight. He even has power and technique in the third round of the fight. I, I think LaSalada gets hit. And if he gets hit, it's going to be bad. I think Austin Lingo is an incredible fighter. I'm sick. And th- listen, it was fun in games, loss of the week. Ha ha, he's losing. I oh, he lost a bunch in a row. I was doing some on purpose, some were little missteps. I'm tired of it. I've done more research. Hey, for Austin Lingo, uh, you were doing them on purpose. Why are you doing?
2: My, I'm just curious on that. Why I already we,
1: explained that? If you were, if you were on the podcast, Dan, you would, you would have under, you would have understood. Yeah, I usually Four weeks of work. So now I got to sit here and explain it again. <laughs> Austin Lingo is going to be a top ten guy in this division. Um, I did more research on Austin Lingo I've ever done in my entire life. I'm sick of them making the fun of lock of the week. This is my lock of the week. It's a, it's a guarantee. Lock of the week. Yep, definitely putting that bet
2: on Saldana.
0: Yeah, that's a, and the, the wow. crowd goes wild. That line's going to move big. Uh, Screen, also, hey, I don't, screenshot, I don't screenshot this entire
1: chat right now that's trying to make fun of me. Oh, Saldana, Saldana, <laughs> Saldana. Because I want that in the recap. I want that in the recap. Look how angry he is. When lingo drop, when drops. he thinks he's naked Diaz
0: he right now, like pointing at the. The best part about this, Dan, is I don't think Jacob knows what a check hook is. You call every hook a check hook. I don't oh, think big you know what a check, check hook is like a
1: little tight check hook. I don't know what a check hook is. I'll check hook you right now. If yeah, you, drive you don't over know here. what a check hook is. That's
0: exactly what I'm saying. You don't drive know over what here right is. now.
1: I'll tell you what a check hook is. No,
0: everybody who's curious, Jacob is all, all every bit of five six, 113 pounds. Let's move on. Next up at UFC Vegas 34, we have Alexandre Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. This honestly might be one of the best fights of the night, and this is a sneaky good card because we have a bunch of really good matchups like this. Uh, Pantoja, was, 20- I agree.
1: Before you start, I agree a lot. That was going to be my line, but yeah, you I, think threw, I, know, and I got
0: it. You threw your arm. This is going to be fight of the night. Of- yeah, um, Pantoja 23 and five overall. Three and two in his last five, alternating wins and losses. Brandon, <laughs> raw dog Roy Val, 12 and five overall. Four and one in his last five, coming off of a loss to Brandon Moreno, the champion. Uh, This is going to be a really fun fight. Um, Pantoja is always in fun fights. He's strong. He walks forward. He has good power. He gives damage. Pantoja has very good grappling with good control and ground and pound. His striking is uh, formulaic, meaning, you know, it's, it's very uh, basic meat and potatoes, if you will. Very like a formula. What'd you say? I said very like a formula. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to figure out how to word it where I don't sound like a a chemistry. Formulaic, like meat and
2: potatoes. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. Ones and twos and things like that. And he does them really, really well. Brandon Royval is tricky. He has good submissions. He's dangerous on his feet. He's very versatile. So where Pantoja is ones and twos and formatic, Royval is throwing whatever he wants to throw, whenever he wants to throw it, and he mixes it up really, really well. Uh, He has tons of pressure, and he is always, always coming forward. This is an awesome fight. I am really, really looking forward to it. I do think the controlled Pantoja meaning if he doesn't get sucked into the wildness of Brandon Royval a controlled Pantoja can beat Brandon Royval touch him up where he needs to hit him when Royval's doing the crazy stuff jump back out move well you know stick to the basics and out basic Royval but this is a close fight but I do like Pantoja to win it way more experience. I like his power here. Um, and at the end of the day, his grappling is much better. So I like Pantoja here. I think he has more ways to win. But on their feet, this is going to be a really, really fun fight. Jacob, what are your thoughts?
1: I loved your analysis. And I felt like you were heading in the right direction. And then you took a little detour. I like Brandon Ro- Royval in this fight. Listen, Pantoja is an absolute dog. And he bre- he beat Brandon Moreno twice. Uh, the current champ, where you know, the, you know, it's uh, where I've only lost to him, You can't really compare that. But beating the champ twice is pretty impressive. Um, and if there's anything that you need to know Pan- about Pantoja is, most people's highlight videos on YouTube are like six minutes, eight minutes, maybe ten minutes. He has a highlight video on YouTube that is a half an hour long <laughs> because this guy is just a dog, and is, his highlights are just incredible. But I just feel like he can be flat footed at times. Where Royvelle, I love his in-and-out movement and his fluid striking. I think he's going to be able to capitalize on those kind of angles. Um, the only thing I worry about is Roy Vell sometimes will chase wild submissions. He'll jump up for a guillotine or do something wild. If he ends up on his back in this fight, it's going to be bad news. Pantoja's going to control him and just ground and pound him. So If Royvelle can not be on his back... I think he should win this fight, but I'm just worried about him doing something silly. Even if he throws like a wild kick and somebody catches, it, he trips, he's on his back. Um, that's where it worries me, but I like Rovell to win this fight. He didn't quite make it in my lineup because I, I had the lock of the week and I went somewhere else with with that money, but I, I like him to win this fight.
0: On their feet, it's definitely a close fight. I just think Pantoja have, has more ways to win this. Uh, Danny boy, you're. I think you're a big Pantoja guy, right? Yeah, he's,
2: I mean, he's a phenomenal fighter, very, very skilled, tons of experience. Uh, He lives down here and trains full-time in American Top Team, so you know he's getting good work in. Um, And I've heard the guy is an absolute beast in the gym, so um, you've seen him fight high-level competition and win. I I think, listen, I like Roy Val. I, I like him a lot. I think he's a gamer. He's got a crazy pace. He comes guns blazing. Um, he's really good in scrambles, can catch you in subs if you make a mistake, but I think this is a fight where that's not gonna be all that it takes to beat a guy on Pantoja's level. Um, I think Roy Val is gonna open himself up in some of those wild offensive exchanges, and Pantoja is skilled enough and precise enough to land a clean shot on him. I also think Pantoja, when he's struggled in the past, it's really been with guys that have good offensive wrestling. Um, while Roy Val is good on the ground, He's not a really good offensive wrestler, so I don't see how he gets it there um, and creates those scrambles and creates that that submission you know possibility. Anything could happen, but I, I think Pantoja's got an edge on the ground too. So I like Pantoja everywhere in this fight. Um, other than Roy Val just putting a pace on him for three rounds and, and catching something in a crazy exchange, but uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty high on Pantoja in this one. Um, and I think he's going to catch Roy Val with something big. Uh, on those wild entries. So Pantoja is in my lineup um, and I wish I bet on him. He opened up at minus 135, I think. I didn't jump on it right away. And now I think he's minus one, 172, 176. I think it's moving more in his yeah. favor now. So.
0: It is. Um, real quick, I have a um, a question mark next to Pantoja for inside the distance. So I'm trying to find a bet here. Do you like the inside the distance bet? Or do you um, think this is? I would,
1: I would like the inside the distance for both fighters, like doesn't start or whatever that, whatever that bet is.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't start whatever that is. No, um, it depends what the odds are. Uh, <laughs> I, I was looking at it before. It's like minus 105 <laughs> to go the distance, minus 115 to not go the distance. So,
0: yeah, so maybe that's
2: well, well, not yourself, Jacob, I minus- making fun of you.
1: No, I'm laughing at you the way you said it. it was great you were mocking me and it was like perfect delivery it was funny. Oh, all right. So you are You're so laughing. insecure, Jesus.
0: <laughs> I also so I I do like the more more cuz I think these guys go at it. So I like the more and more on monkey knife fight. So Definitely um, like the more and more. Yeah, that's probably safer than inside the distance but uh either way we onpicks.com/bets or we slash mkf And Danny boy, we'll squeeze in one more before you have to drop i gotta
2: uh, yeah let's go right up to the 10 30 because i got i got well let's brush through okay. this one because i don't have a sh- too strong of an opinion on this one i think it's going to be a close fight so you guys give your take and i'll just say i'll flip a coin and go with uh
0: yeah that's what the people want to hear i think it's gonna um, be a
2: close fight i'll do some more tape during the week what do you want you want me to lie go ahead you're the expert
0: next up at ufc vegas 34 We have Vince Pichel versus Austin Hubbard. Vince Pichel 13 and 2 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five. Austin Hubbard 13 and 5, 3 and 2 in his last five. This truly is a pick'em across the board. Uh, Austin Hubbard has fun art. He's very well rounded. He has fought. um, he's fought some of the highest level guys in the division. He has good stand up. He gets up well. And if you don't believe that, go watch the Jack Robinson fight. He was taken down. I don't know how many times, eight. And he got up pretty much every single time. Uh, Vince Pichelle, his stand-up is just okay, but he has really good wrestling and control. And that's what makes his fight tricky. We know Austin Hubbard can stand He gets taken down, but he can stand up. We know Vince Pichelle's stand-up is not very good, but he can get the takedown. So is Austin Hubbard going to continue to stand up and then piece Pichelle up on his feet? Or is Pichelle just going to take Austin down control him or beat him up down there. I have Austin as my pick with that being said, it's not confident. I'm not, I'm not betting. I'm not playing. I'm not doing anything with this fight. I think it's way too evenly matched. And we basically have, you know, grappler or wrestler versus, you know, hop back up bunny rabbit style. So it's, it's really weird and it's hard to pick Jacob. I know stupid analogy. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I'm glad you said that because I was about to lay in. You jump back up a really, uh, and... rabbit
0: style. Um, I was just trying to uh, think what hops up to its feet. Oh, frog, maybe. I don't know.
1: Uh, Austin Hubbard is going to win this fight. I think he's better everywhere. You know, Vince is 38 years old. Austin's a 29 young buck. Um, Austin did beat, happened. I'm, you know, I'm giving him this opportunity because Austin beat my backup lock of the week um, at Dakota Bush last time up. So I got two points to make uh, on Vince here. First of all, do you guys know where he trains? No. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for answering. He trains at the Big John McCarthy Ultimate Training Academy. <laughs> is that the is that the most insane thing you've ever heard? And I'll say one other thing: Vince will win this fight if one thing happens, and that's if he shows up in that mustache again. Because his last fight, he showed up in the most beautiful mustache I've ever seen in my life. It was badass. If he shows up with that mustache again, I think he wins. But I like Austin Austin Hubbard. Austin Hubbard in this fight, I think he's better everywhere. Uh, he's in my lineup.
0: All right, and Dan already said that this is really close, and it's a coin flip. I'm anything going hover,
1: a boy. <laughs> All
0: right, so Dan's legitimate breakdown is this: way, this is way too close to call, and he's not risking any money or anything like that on it. So uh, I don't like the monkey knife fight line either. I don't like anything here. So I really, I like us, I like Austin. Let's
2: business. go! I want to get that Sherman uh, and, right. and Guida fight in that? before I got a bounce.
1: You my AoL going off.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I am. I'll let you go first. Next up at UFC Vegas 34, we have Chase Sherman versus my friend Parker Porter. Chase Sherman 15 and seven overall, four and one in his last five. That loss is to Andre Arlovsky. Parker Porter 11 and six overall, three and two in his last five, and he's one and one in the UFC. His debut was a short notice fight against Dawkins, and then he bounced back with a really nice win danny you gotta bounce so why don't you go ahead and give us your breakdown first
2: yeah listen i know you're trying to rush me off here and and as much as i want parker porter to win you know he's a northeast guy i know he's your friend i know you didn't you probably don't want me to give this pick but i I gotta go with chase sherman here um i think porter is very good very athletic um he's looked very impressive in some of his fights but I just think he's, you know, he's a little undersized for heavyweight. I know he hits the, I think he gets close to 265. But in terms of his build and his frame, Chase Sherman is a big guy. I mean, he lost Arlovsky, which, I mean, you you could look at that two ways, right? He lost to a guy who's, you know, around 40 years old. Or you could look at it, he lost to a guy who's a veteran and has been competing at heavyweight against top-level competition for 20 years. So, um I will say, though, in the fights that he's looked good, he's had power. He looks like a legitimate heavyweight. Um, He's tough. You know, he's got kicks, punches. Uh, The guy was a a pretty high-level athlete, I believe, in college. So um, I think all of those factors went into a heavyweight fight, I think, are going to come into play here. Um, And and I think he's probably – I don't know if he's going to get a finish because Porter is pretty tough. But, man, he's a big guy. He hits hard. So I I, I got part I got Chase Sherman in this one. Um, I might spend the ninety two hundred bucks on him. The only reason I wouldn't just because I want Porter to win because uh, you know he's a friend of yours. He's from the Northeast, but at the end of the day, I just I, I think uh, I think Sherman's going to win this fight.
0: Well, you can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a,
2: yeah. We appreciate. I you hope there. I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, listen, you can bring Parker on the show. I'll. I will apologize for picking against him. Uh, but, hey, I got to tell it how I see it.
0: No, it's definitely – and Dan's probably got to drop, so if he disappears, that's why. Uh, it's definitely uh, a really Thanks tough part.
2: We got to get that Guida one in next. That's the last one I'm on for, and then, I'm, then I got to jump.
0: You're not going to make it, dude. It's You have two minutes. You're it's not, not like
2: it. a 10.30. Like Oh,
1: like, all of a well, sudden. Well,
2: they'll make right stopped. after that, so hell. Listen, I'll be de- for and guida because that's my favorite
0: one on the card. All right. Well, I'm not going to rush this. So, Parker Porter, personal friend, I managed him for years. He, you Wait, say he's four undersized for four years, for many years. You say he's undersized, and and he's not tall, but his legs are absolutely tremendous. And where that really helps him is one. He generates a lot of power from those giant legs. And two, he has a really unique striking style for heavyweight. He moves a ton. He bounces in and out. He gets really up there with, with head kicks. And if you go look at that Dawkus fight and Parker told me this story, we did an interview, not we, I did an interview with Parker uh, a few days ago. So check that video out. There was a lot of it. I couldn't keep in because he talked about his game plan and things like that. And I wasn't going to keep that in there, but he did talk, he did tell a story uh, with the camera off, I believe, about when he fought Dawkins. So you're going to tell he, it anyway. He took that fight, or on, he took that fight on super short notice, literally had a kid two weeks earlier, was not ready, but you get the call, you take the fight. It's that simple. And as they were holding their hands, you know, as Herb Dean was holding their hands to announce who the fight, uh, the, you know, the official decision, um, Bruce Buffer said, wow, you really got him there. And the back of Dawkus' leg with one kick was like completely red, swelled up, and just absolutely destroyed with one kick. And Dawkus looked over at Parker, and you can watch this on tape, and was like, yep, you got me there. So those wild leg kicks, the power, the movement, um, I know Parker's a a good wrestler firsthand, I know that. I'm stupid biased, so if you don't want to take my word for it, you don't have to. But uh, I have Parker winning this fight, I think he's had a legitimate training camp. You can't even look at the Dawkins fight. He literally birthed a child or his wife birthed a child two weeks before that fight. Took it on short notice. Don't watch that fight. Look at his last fight. The dude has abilities. He's got cardio, tree trunk legs for kicks, a nice in and out style for strikes, and he can wrestle if he wants to. Less, less on monkey knife fight. Parker is my pick. Parker is in my drafting lineup for $7,000. Sorry, I was talking about my friend, Jacob. Why don't we talk about your friends who are professional fighters when they come on? Why don't you give oh, us your pick?
1: Okay, yeah. My friend Parker Porter, I appreciate you coming on the show. I, I believe the hype. <laughs> he, he says he's more ready this fight. I believe yeah, the no, hype. Don't act like
2: Jacob isn't our direct line to Glover. If you want
1: him back on the show, pay your respect to, to Jacob. Yeah. So I, I like Parker
0: to win this fight. All right. Nice and simple. Uh, do you guys agree with the less-less? Even if you're on the other side of it, the less-less you know, they still are heavyweights. And although Chase Sherman, you know, he's a very good boxer with really solid footwork and speed, uh, he doesn't have any head movement at all. So he gets hit a lot. And I think Parker's going to exploit that. So Parker's my pick. Chase is Dan's pick. Parker is Jacob's pick. And the less, less on Monkey Knife Fight. Who did you pick? Next up at UFC Vegas, 34. We have the co-main event of the evening. We have Clay the Carpenter Guida versus Mark Madsen. Clay Guida experienced for days 36 and 20. He is 2 and 3 in his last five, but he is coming off of a win. Mark Madsen is 10 and 0. Mark Madsen, I mean the O is there, but Mark Madsen is an Olympic Greco silver medalist wrestler. Not just a very good wrestler. Literally one of the best wrestlers on the planet for greco and if you don't know greco wrestling is all upper body you don't touch the legs so obviously he can wrestle everywhere but it is a very different style of wrestling than shooting doubles and singles um his striking is not very good he does have cardio issues clay guida has zero cardio issues never has he's uh almost 40 he's not quite there yet but he is always in a fight he has a really good chin ridiculous footwork good striking Good wrestling, the wrestling won't even compare here, but he does have good wrestling, he has good striking, and his biggest asset is his toughness and his absolute relentless pace and cardio. Danny boy, this is your favorite fight. Why don't you break it down for Do us?
1: Dan. You better say what you said during the Dean interview. You better come with it.
2: Why would I switch it up? I said that on a live... I know, but
1: what did you say specifically about your pick? I'll give you permission to say. I don't, that. Even, I don't
2: even remember, but I really, really like Guida in this fight. I think a lot of people are on O'Madson. I get it. He was in the Olympics. Greco wrestler. Listen, he, he's got good Greco wrestling. You can't take that away from him. But if you watch the tape on both these guys, Guida, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's 40 years old. Look at his last fight. He went against Michael Johnson, who I know can be hit or miss. But I think Michael Johnson showed up ready for that fight. And I think Guida went out there. Not only did he strike with him and win a lot of the striking exchanges, but he put a pace on him that Michael Johnson couldn't compete with. He out-wrestled Michael Johnson, who's not a slouch wrestler. Um, Michael Johnson is a lot younger than him. And you could just even tell Johnson in the third round, like, he wanted to be in that fight. He would, he came to that fight knowing it was going to be a dogfight, and he was prepared for that. And he still got outworked by Guida. Um, the biggest thing for me was the striking. I mean, Guida throws bombs um he's got good wrestling this will be the first fight where i actually hope he doesn't go for offensive takedowns i think marco madsen is probably going to win some wrestling exchanges in the first round but i think by midway through the second end of the second and definitely by the third guida is going to outwork him and all he needs to do is let loose on the feet oh madsen got in trouble his last fight once they got to the third round, because he was tired from getting all those Greco throws um, and Greco takedowns. And he was getting pieced up on the feet by, um, what's his name, earlier on the card. I, I think Guida, with the conditioning he's shown, I, I, I don't know, I think he's very live in this fight. I got a bet on Guida at plus 150. Um, I, oh, I I would tread lightly on this one, but, um, and the only reason I say that is because Marco Madsen hasn't fought in well over a year. The guy's an Olympic caliber athlete. So he could be, you know, he's not, he knows how to train, right? After his last fight, he's like, wow, I dominated the Greco. And then all, you know, once we were striking, I kind of had some trouble and I wasn't, you know, I I got tired. So he's probably working on things. But if we see the same Marco Madsen we saw last fight or anything close to that, I think Clay Guida is live for a knockout um, on the feet and i've got a bet on guida money line plus one fifth or plus 148 and then i also got a bet on guida inside the distance if it goes if it goes the distance no action um i got that for basically even money so i don't see marco madsen finishing this fight unless he catches a sub very very early in in a weird spot but I mean, call me crazy, but Madsen to me, if he's going to win this fight, it's going to be wrestling decision. And I don't even think that's likely. I think I we just, think we just going to beat him, uh, whether it goes three rounds. And I think he's alive for a knockout. So I really like we in this fight at plus money. I've got a bunch of bets on it. So let's go. I could have sworn, Jacob, this was going to be your lock of the week.
1: Well, but, uh, it's funny, Dan. I think the pressure. This is how the pressure gets to people. Because with with Dean, you said this was your lock, and you almost went there, but then the pressure got to you. You started backtracking. Oh, Mark could win. Whole so thing. Was cool. All right, yeah So this is my
2: lock of the week. I'm right. gonna have to make a shirt and do a dance now. Is
1: that how that works? All right. I'm just saying. You said it was your lock, but then you you, you were headed that direct. But I understand. Not everyone can be as confident as me all the time. You know. You
2: know I, I think that. I said if I were gonna do a lock of the week, this would be it. But uh, yeah, I don't it do because I try it to get. get there are no locks, but I really like weed in this fight. And then before I bounce, I'll just give you uh, my pick in the main event. Uh, I bounced back and forth on this one. I'm just, okay, never mind. You know what? I'll, I'll type it in the comments. Angela,
1: is that better?
0: I mean, I guess just do it at this point. Yeah, I'll just yeah. edit it out. <laughs> right, I
1: just kind of made it in, okay, here we go. We'll do a follow up video on it.
0: Yeah, no. Jacob and I are doing the video on it. Oh, I Typical gotta send man.
2: you my uh, I gotta send you my DraftKings lineup too, don't I?
0: Okay. All right. Goodbye, Daniel. Oh my God. Gastelum,
2: five round fighter, top competition. I like him in this fight.
0: Peace. Right. Yeah. Good riddance. Uh, Jacob. Yeah, for what it's
1: worth, Yeah, I'll, I'll go into mine. For what it's worth, uh, I, I believe Dean was very high on Clay Guida too. We were talking. We mentioned this. If you guys so didn't we know, we interviewed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Real quick.
1: We interviewed. I, mean, I was about to do that, but you go if you feel like you need to do it. But it's like, well, had interviewed, had interview we
0: interviewed if, Dean if Thomas. Could. We asked him, Is it weird to see people like Clay Guida, who you fought and beat 10 years ago, still fighting? And like you said, he was very high on Clay Guida and said he liked him in this fight.
1: Yeah. So it was, it was a great interview. If you didn't see it, check it out. Uh, he was high on Guida in this fight. And listen, guys, I owe such a debt of gratitude to Clay Guida. I love. Clay Guida. He was the original, lock, the first ever Lock of the Week winner. So I will have Clay Guida in my heart. I wanted to make him the Lock of the Week so bad. He actually was the Lock of the Week for about a half an hour today. And then I just thought about Mark Madsen and just all those takedown abilities. Um, I definitely think Clay can win this fight. Um, Mark Madsen actually was in my lineup, but I didn't trust him enough because if he keeps shooting those takedowns and Clay keeps stuffing stuff in, making them work. Clay's going to win the third round. If this goes to the third round, he's going to win the third round. Can he win the second round is the only thing I'm worried about in a decision because I think it's going to be a decision. Um, so I, I don't. I think Madsen's probably going to win the fight. I think he's going to be able to control it for the first two rounds, probably lose the third round. Uh, but, guys, I, I understand you guys love Clay Guida. Everyone loves Clay Guida. I love Clay Guida. I could not quite make him a lock, and I think deep down it's because – I didn't want to make him the lock and then I jinx him and then he loses because the lock of the week hasn't been doing real hot. So uh, I'm sacrificing uh, someone else. So Clay Guida can get this win. So I
0: that's like so good of you. Thank yep. you so much. I um, uh I'm I, I agree with everything Dan said, but Mark Madsen is my pick. Clay Guida is not my pick. Um, he's. He is everything Dan said he is. He's got incredible pace, incredible volume, very good strikes. He has good wrestling, but you know that's not really a factor in this fight. But he is older. He has been in wars. And Mark Madsen can dictate where this fight goes. And I imagine that's exactly what's going to happen. And Mark Madsen showed us exactly how tough he is. He broke his jaw in his last fight and kept fighting. He showed us exactly how tough he is. It's not like he is a wrestler like Ben Askren who turns his head and doesn't want to get hit. His striking is not good. But he's not—he's not afraid to get hit. He's not afraid to mix it up. He's incredibly tough. Can dictate the pace. I think Mark Matson is absolutely the pick here. I
1: think that's but, probably a bad—I I think that's probably a bad thing that he's willing to strike against somebody like Clay Guida because Clay—he's he's got real but power. He's not—he's
0: not—he's. But he's—he knows what he's supposed to do, and that's what he does in his fights. My point is, if Clay Guida starts throwing strikes at him, he's not just gonna. Overwhelm him and scare him into turning away. And I could, and, yeah, uh, yeah, I
1: understand that. Yeah. He's
0: going to stay in there. He's going to keep fighting and and do what he needs to do from there. So Mark Madsen is my pick, but Clay Guida is in my DraftKings lineup. Seventy one hundred dollars. I this will go the distance. He will put up some points heat, and he could win the fight. I mean, ninety one hundred dollars is too much for Mark Madsen in this matchup. But at the end of the day, if you you know, if you're on the Clay Guida side, you're only on his side because of his cardio. It, your your whole pick is his cardio is so good, he'll win this fight. I, I can't. Mark Madsen is not a, you know, not a, an Alonzo Menafield two fights ago where it's, hey, if you if you survive 30 seconds, you'll be good. So um, everything Dan said, I completely agree with, except Mark Madsen is my pick. Uh, I do absolutely love the more, more on Monkey Knife fight. This will go the distance. Even if Mark gets all those takedowns, he's going to blow past 35 strikes. And Clay Guida is not stupid. You don't have as many fights as he has, you know, 56 fights without knowing how to put up some points and make a fight dirty. He's going to throw a bunch of strikes. I love the more, more here. Hit it now before they move that line Chris, who's in the chat, said he'll leave the line here until tomorrow. Weonpicks.com slash MKF. If you like any of those degenerate bets that Dan had, weonpicks.com slash bets. Next up at UFC Vegas 34, we have the main event of the evening. We have Jared Cannonier versus Kelvin Gastelum. Jared Cannonier is 13 and 5, he is 3 and 2. In his last five, coming off of a loss to Robert Whitaker. Kelvin Gaslam is 17 and 7. He is only one and four in his last five. He is also coming off of a loss to Kelvin Gaslam, but he beat Jack Hermanson by oh no, wait. Sorry. He beat um uh what the hell? Who was the uh uh that oh, that striker that he just absolutely dominated on the ground? Ian Heinish. Ian Heinish. He beat Ian Heinish, but he lost to Jack Hermanson. He lost to Darren Till. He lost to Israel Adesanya. So when you hear me say he's one and four in his last five, look at his last five. That's not a it's not a very one of those fair... guys
1: was the top fighter in the world, Darren yeah. Till. And
0: it's not a very fair, uh, it's not a fair run, honestly. Even Ian Heinish was a really tough outing that he got to uh Luckily, Ian's very one-dimensional, so he was able to blow through him. So anyway, the breakdown here is Jared Cannonier is very powerful with incredible leg kicks. Um, He came down from heavyweight, so he started his career as a heavyweight. He lost a ton of weight. He did it right, changed his life, which is why he is so stupid powerful at this weight class. Um, He can throw kicks from southpaw or orthodox. He is Okay at grappling, mostly defensive grappling. So he will defend some takedowns. He wants to keep this fight standing. Um, but if he does end up on top, which I do not think is likely here, if he does end up on top, he is an absolute hammer on top, but he has also never gone five rounds. I don't know if that's a factor or not, because I can't really say that he gasses all the time, but he's never done five rounds, and Kelvin Gaslam as we heard Dan say before, is absolutely a five-round fighter. He is a very good wrestler with power in his hands. He has an incredible chin. He has never been knocked out. When you fight the best people on planet Earth for the last 10 years and you don't have one knockout, that's actually really impressive, especially once you start getting up there in weight classes. Um, But he's also incredibly inconsistent. The dude will show up one day and look like a world champion or in the Israel Adesanya case, take that world champion to the limit. And then he'll show up another day and just get absolutely smoked. So he is very inconsistent. In this fight, I do think he needs to wrestle to win. And he absolutely can. He's an actual wrestler. He wrestled the majority of his life and he's very good at it. And I think that's his path here. He's a very good striker, but Jared Cannonier has... Stupid power. And I don't I don't think he'll be the first person to knock out Kelvin, but you don't necessarily want to find out. And Kelvin Gasolum is my pick. Jakey boy, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I weirdly like Kelvin in this matchup as well. You, you mentioned his fights, or uh, his, his losing streak. That uh, Izzy fight was one of the best fights of all time. That was an absolute war. Um, And then against the best fighter in the entire world, Darren Till, that was a split decision. That could have went either way. Um, and then he had that wheel or that weird uh, heel hook loss where that was the fight where it was like, he almost looked uninterested at yeah. times. Then he comes in grapple heavy dominates Ian. And then against Whitaker, I thought he looked decent. I thought that it was more about how unbelievable Whitaker looked in that fight more than Gaslam. I don't think it was a fight where Gaslam didn't show up. I think he showed up. I just think Whitaker was the better fighter and probably is the better fighter. Um, I think Kelvin is, is more focused now. I think even, uh, with that Robert Whittaker loss, I think he knows that he can beat anyone in this division. And he can make a real title run again, and I could see him coming in and just shooting and shooting and just wearing Jared down and just wearing. There's no knockout threat when he's up against the cage on his hips, on his hips, on his hips. You can defend and defend, but you know Jared coming down and weight hasn't fought the fifth rounds or five rounds in that fourth, that fifth round. You're gonna get worn down. You're gonna get taken down. I think Kelvin makes this ugly, and even if he doesn't, man, Kelvin has un. Real power at middleweight still. Um, you, you mentioned Garrett, Jared's power, but Kelvin's got unreal, sneaky, sneaky power from weird shots. Um, so he can land one on the button, knock you out as well. So I, I like Kelvin in this fight, um, just for the experience, for the five rounds, and for the grappling abilities to be able to uh, make this fight dirty. So I, I like Kelvin. He was actually really close to being my uh, lock of the week. So that's how much that's how much I'm confident I'm in this fight.
0: Mom, thank you that he isn't. But uh, Danny boy. Picked If you're just hopping in now and didn't see the previous videos, Danny boy picked Kelvin Gastelum saying that he's a five round fighter. We just don't know if Jared Cannonier is not a five round fighter. That's the problem. Like he hasn't done it yet. So that doesn't mean he can't, but you know, he, he is a big, heavy striker. If Kelvin wrestles, which lately we have seen him wrestle. He didn't get to do it much against Robert Whitaker, but that that's to your point a credit to Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker absolutely smoked both of these guys, both of them big time and basically showed the world that he should be fighting again for that title. So it's hard to look at that fight because he is just at a different level than both of them. But I do think Kelvin who by the way is not, he's 29. He's been doing this for so freaking long, but he's only 29. Um, Hopefully, He's still getting better. He's, he's, not, he's getting almost like
1: now. that. Uh he's almost like uh Pettis in the fact that he got up, he got up the ranking so fast in his career that now he's losing a bunch, but he loses a bunch to all the good guys. I mean, that's the same. Anthony Pettis did the same thing where he shot up, got the title shot or the title actually, and then he just started getting beat up by all the all the top guys.
0: Yeah. So this should be a really fun fight. I absolutely like uh Calvin Gaslam in this fight, but it is close. Jared Cannonier has stupid power, and and to me that's the path, right? Jared Cannoneer with the power or Kelvin Gastelum with the volume, if he wants, or the wrestling. So I think Kelvin has more ways to win, but Jared Cannonier is definitely scarier in this fight. So either way, Kelvin's my pick, Kelvin is Jacob's pick, Kelvin is Dan's pick. I hate when we all pick the same because we're either all wrong or all right. Oh, monkey right. night fight. Monkey night fight's a really hard line, man. A hundred strikes is a lot.
1: Five rounds. I'd go more and I, more.
0: I, more and more is the safer play. I do think it goes five rounds. Uh, even bet-wise, uh, I took a bet on the over on rounds, but I supplemented to three and a half. You can choose rounds. You don't need to do the main line. So I went down to three and a half, um, and I took that bet at weonpickscom slash bets. I guess you're right. The more and more. Uh, for Monkey Knife Fight at weonpicks.com slash MKF is probably the play because it should go the distance. If it doesn't, Jared Cannonier is probably the first person to ever knock out Kelvin, or Kelvin put, pulled off himself a, a throwback submission. We haven't seen one of those from him in a while. Either way, that is our breakdown of this card. Stay tuned for our Draft King lineups, our full betting guide, and our Monkey Knife Fight picks. Let us know in the comments what you think about these fights. And we will see you on Saturday, full live stream, before the fights, full live stream, for the fights. We'll see you for everything on Saturday. See you then.